0: So what do you think? Sounded familiar. What? The music. The music right there at the end. Why are you listening to the music, Steve? Listen to the Russian. We're translating Russian. I'm trying to listen to the Russian, but there's All music playing the... All right, time is over.
1: You need to get in there. Hey, my board. That was important data, shitbirds! I
0: guarantee you, what we're doing is way more important than your data. Yeah? Yeah. And
1: yeah. how do you know these Russians are up to no good, anyways?
0: How does she know about the Russians? Oh,
1: no. You thought about the Russians. It wasn't about. me. Hello, I can hear you. Actually, I can hear everything. You are both extremely loud. You think you have evil Russians plotting against our country on tape, and you're trying to translate, but you haven't figured out a single word because you didn't realize the Russians use an entirely different alphabet than we do? Sound about right?
2: Look who's back, everybody. When I tell you that I'm waiting until the last second to get this up uh, as a Friday podcast, okay? It is right now um, a little after 10 o'clock. And, um, yeah, I got about two hours to get this finished and get it up to you. So um, why don't we just jump right in to Stranger Things. Three, Chapter 2 The Mall Rats This episode opens up pretty much Where we left off before We're at Brimborn Steelworks Where Billy was dragged down At the end of the last episode He kind of wakes up Bloodied and battered But he appears to he got away Jumps into his beat up car Which I guess I don't know why he did just drive off last time But um, it was, it's still drivable he got the hell out of there, and he uh, raced off and drove right up to a payphone where he called nine one one. Now, while he's on the phone with nine one one, like lights flashing, and we're seeing kind of a um, a flashback of what happened. He gets dragged down into the into the factory basement. Rats are everywhere, and this giant kind of limb, this face hugger thing, attaches itself to Billy's face and all this seems to be running through his mind while he's on the phone the 911 operator is like 911 what's your emergency and then poof the power seems to go out but no the power didn't go out your boy billy he's in the upside down we see this red lightning off flashing off in the bit in the distance and Billy's just standing there. And he starts asking. What do you want?
3: Hey, I said, what do you want? I said, what do you want? Now he's
2: screaming, what do you want? And this shadowy group of people start walking to him. Something we've never seen before in the Upside Down. And... They're being led by someone, by Billy himself. He faces himself, looks right at himself, like not looking at himself in the mirror. He's looking at himself as the opening credits roll. After the credits end, uh, we open up to the following day. Uh, We're at Eleven and Hopper's cottage, cabin, whatever you want to call it. Uh, But Eleven is just pacing around, pacing around the cabin, looking out, looking into the woods, She's looking for Mike, who hasn't shown up yet. Uh, She calls over to his house, and it's like 9.32. He probably was supposed to be there at 9.30, and it's 9.32. This is the first time he's ever been late. So, uh, you know, it took only two minutes for her to call over to the Weaver.
1: Hello, this is the Wheelers. Yeah, just a sec. Mike! Okay.
0: Hello? It's 9.32. Where are you? Sorry, I, I was just about to call. I, um... can't see you today. What? Why
1: not? It's my Nana. She's very sick. But Hop said that your Nana was okay, that it was a false alarm. Yeah. That's what we thought it was at first, but then she took a real turn for the worse. Oh. Yeah.
0: We think she might
3: die. What?
1: Mom, get off the phone! How many
3: times? Did Nat call? No, Mom, just get off the phone.
2: I thought this was a uh, I thought this was a pretty funny moment because Mrs. Wheeler's is listening in to see what Mike is up to. Uh and Mike's keeping with the grandma excuse that why he can't come over today. And you could see that Elle isn't buying it. She's actually, um, She's really pissed. Like, she hangs up the phone and um, Hopper must have really scared Mike, you know, something good. Uh, She goes into the room, slams the door, and Hopper, uh, he is just loving it. Like, this big grin comes over his face. You know, I want to take a moment um, to talk about Jim Hopper really quick. I've seen articles First of all, people are focusing on an on a fictional character, writing articles about this person like it's a real man, saying, Jim Hopper has anger issues, and that's a problem. Jim Hopper's a different character this year, and we're not okay with that. I, I hate the world of today where like everything, and first of all, I, I blame Google for get, popping these into my news stories because I like Stranger Things. They think I like these articles. I do not. Um, some actresses like, uh, dating someone like Jim Hopper is not okay, people. And they're like, it's not a real person. It's a character from the 80s. Still doesn't make it okay. It's like, shut the hell up. First of all, David Harbour is, acts his ass off in this season. Uh, Jim Hopper has, is a flawed character. Guess what? He's also awesome. So if you don't like Jim Hopper, then uh, maybe you don't like me. Okay? But uh, Stranger Danger is a strictly Hopper happy uh, uh, place. Okay? We love Jim Hopper and we always will. So um, if, if you don't like it, you're going to have to deal with it. Uh, because we're Hopper all the way, baby. Anyway. Anyway. He's all excited. He gets into his Jeep. He's singing Jim Croce. I mean, you know, this. Uh, you know, don't mess around with Jim. Get it? Jim, Jim Hopper, and Jim Croce. What a song. Um... And he's all happy as he pulls into Joyce's uh, Joyce's store to kind of tell her all about the excitement that it worked. Emotions have been
3: shared.
0: Boundaries have been set. Order has been restore
1: wait wait it worked uh
0: this is the first day in six long excruciating months that they will not
3: be seeing each other yes i think it worked yes (laughs) no stop it's all
0: you i'm a puppet you're the master so you
1: remembered everything
0: yeah yeah I mean, I had to improvise a little bit, you know. It, it turns out getting to Mike, uh, that was the key.
1: And you didn't yell at him.
0: I'll tell you everything over dinner. I was thinking, you know, Enzo's tonight, 7 o'clock. Hey, before you say no, I'd, I'd like to make one thing crystal clear. This is not a date.
1: Wait, a date? You never said anything about a date.
0: I know. I didn't say anything about a date. I just wanted to clear it up in case there was any confusion on your part.
1: There's not... Great. It's just
0: two friends getting together for a nice dinner. I mean, we've earned it, haven't we?
1: <laughs> I, I can't be out
0: late. You'll be home by 9.
1: 8.
2: 8.30. I'll pick you up. I'll meet you there. 7. Enzo's. Meeting there. Deal. I see what you did there, Jim. See, you're all excited. You uh, used Joyce's um, help, so she really was part of this win, and now you can go celebrate it together at Enzo's over, over dinner. 8 o'clock. Maybe it was seven o'clock. I don't know. Um, but see, see, he's been trying to get Joyce to go out with him, trying for so long. And uh, it seems like it might have finally actually worked. But while uh, he's, you know, finally getting Joyce to go out with him, he gets a call from one of his deputies. Uh, he needs to get over to uh, town hall right away. Deputy's like, if you want to keep your job, you need to get over here because there are a ton of protesters. So he rushes out. But on the way out, he, tr- he almost trips uh, over magnets, more magnets on the ground. Joyce goes over, tries to stick them back. But again, nothing's sticking. Joyce is really, you could see that this is piquing her interest. She, something weird is happening. Uh, it is Hawkins. Things do happen uh, there. So this wouldn't be the first time. Or the second time. Um, So, you know, she has this intuition. She knows something's up. And somehow it's related to the magnets. We cut over to the newspaper. And uh, Nancy's there. She's pouring coffee over all the jerks. uh, But really, she's not focused on the coffee at all. In fact, it overflows. Um, She's focused on that call. That call she got last night about the sick rats over at Mrs. Driscoll's house. Uh, and you know, Nancy, she's not gonna let this go. If she thinks something's important, she doesn't really care about pouring coffee for these, these, these people. Um, she goes into the boss's office and she's like, you know, can you get one of the other girls to get lunch? Um, he's like, why? They're needed at their desks. Uh, and she just, she uses the kind of the oldest trick in the book for a young woman to, to creep out an older man. She, he's, she needs to go to the doctor for, quote-unquote, girl problems. And the, the guy was like, oh, oh okay. He just kind of like said, you know, go do your thing. So she bursts into the doc room, gets Jonathan and said, come on, let's go. Look, I just, I still don't know if this is such a good idea anymore.
1: Really? Because I feel like it's the best idea I've had all summer. Look, all I'm saying is,
3: what harm is there in asking?
1: The harm in asking is that Tom will say No. We ask for forgiveness, not permission. And if the story's as good as I think it's going to be, then Tom won't care. In fact,
3: he'll thank us. Or the old lady is nuts and the story blows up in her face and Tom fires us.
1: And then we never have to work at the shithole again.
2: I always like that saying, um, ask for forgiveness, not permission. Uh, Basically because it's like if if you're behind something, if you believe in something, go for it. If it doesn't work or if the people that you work for aren't uh, into it, then you ask for uh, forgiveness. Um, but you kind of go for it first um, because if you ask for permission, they might say no in the first place and the whole thing could have been great. Didn't happen. Anyway, they, they drive off uh, to begin their adventure and uh, we cut over to the Starcourt Mall. Where Dustin shows up at Scoops Ahoy to see his old buddy Steve the Hare Harrington.
1: Hi.
0: Hi. I'm Dustin.
1: I'm Robin.
0: Pleasure to meet you. Uh, is is he here?
1: Is who here? Henderson. <laughs> Henderson!
0: He's back! He's back! I'm back! You got the job! You got the job! <laughs>
1: How many children are you friends with?
2: I love this for many reasons. Uh, first of all, Steve and Dustin together are great—the two characters. But second of all, you know they really have continued their friendship that happened in season two, uh, where where Dustin really looks up to Steve. Uh, but I also. Loved that Dustin went right up to Robin and said, hi, I'm Dustin. As if to to say, uh, I'm the Dustin, the, the one that Steve's been talking about. Like, you obviously know who I am. Um, I'm obviously here to see Steve. Is he here? Like, just the way he was like, it's me. I'm here. I did it. Uh, I just loved that Dustin just assumed that. I thought that was hilarious. Um, so they go and... Uh, Catch up a little bit. Um, Dustin has this giant bowl of ice cream, and uh, Robin says some sarcastic thing, and Dustin's like, "She seems cool," and Dustin and Steve's like, "She's not," but it wasn't in a like mean way; it was almost in a like you know, just like yeah, don't 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 worry about her, don't worry about her. Um, but it, right away, you could see that Dustin was kind of planting the seeds of, oh, "Are you going to try to date Robin?" Um, and Steve never even thought about, it, never thought about it once, uh, but. Then they start talking about where where is everybody and dustin talks about how uh the gang all ditched him well he talks a little bit about susie and how she he keeps saying phoebe cates phoebe cates and she's smart um but he talks about how the gang ditched him uh and how they're really going to regret it because of um a little secret that he came across so,
0: uh, where are the other knuckleheads they ditched me yesterday no my first day back Can you believe that shit? whoa serious? i swear to god mm. <laughs> They're going to regret it, though, big time, when they don't get to oh. share in my glory. Glory. What <laughs> glory. So last night, we were trying to get in contact with Susie. Oh. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 And, uh, she speak louder. I intercepted a secret Russian communication. Jeez. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought you said. Wait, what does that mean? It means, Steve, we could be heroes. True American heroes. Huh. Mm-hmm. American heroes. Just think, you could have all the ladies you want and more.
2: More? More. I like more. Mm-hmm. I love these guys together. Steve's like, so what's the catch? And Dustin's like, there's no catch. I just need your help with translation. So he tells Steve about the secret Russian communication. I just love that whole scene. It was very funny. Um, Steve's in. He He's in. He wants to get all these women, and he wants to become a true American hero. We cut over to Max, uh, who's skateboarding outside our house, I think. And she's trying to ollie, which is, you know, like, it's basically a simple skateboarding trick where you jump and you try to get the skateboard to jump with you. And uh, it's a trick I've I've never, ever been able to figure out. Anyway, she kicks the skateboard out from under her and it rolls uh, down the road a bit. But it stops when a foot kicks up, kicks it up, and we look, and it's 11. And she is not happy. She tells Max what Mike said over the phone, and um, Max is not buying it. She knows that he's lying.
1: He's a piece of shit. What? Mike doesn't have jack shit to do today, and his Nana obviously isn't sick. I guarantee you, him and Lucas are playing Atari right now. But friends don't lie. Yeah, well, boyfriends lie. All the time.
2: You have to remember that even though there's this giant supernatural thing going on in the world, uh, our main characters are 14-year-olds. So, or 15 at this point, maybe, I'm not sure. Sure. So they are still dealing with young love and having to deal with being a boyfriend and having a girlfriend, um, or or not dealing with it, as, as, as at least one of them seems to be doing. Um, over at Mike's house, there's a very similar conversation happening between Mike and Lucas. Uh, Mike is convinced that Eleven knows he's lying. Lucas doesn't really understand what the big deal is, but Mike said that Hopper's crazy and that... He better do exactly what he said or he'd, he said he'd kill him. Or he, would, he wouldn't he would kill him. He said he'd stop them from seeing each other permanently. And while the two of them are talking about girls, there's Sweet Will just setting up a board game. Um, we cut back and forth between the boys and the girls. Lucas is convinced that Mike screwed things up. And Max is talking Eleven into giving him a taste of his own medicine. And if he doesn't fix it, you dump his ass. Lucas is like, it's bad but you can win her back. He said, Max broke up with me five times and I want her back every time. He'll show Max how. Uh, He'll show Mike how, actually. Max and Eleven run off for a fun day to go have fun someplace. We don't know yet. And Lucas and Mike run off to help Mike get Eleven back. And there's Sweet Will. I'm still here. Guys. It's played as a joke, but it's a little sad because he's the guy who basically got left behind, or at least forgotten for a moment. Uh, Maybe they didn't leave him behind, but maybe it's like, you gotta keep up with us, Will. Uh, The boys are only focused on girls, and he wasn't even really paying attention to their conversation. He just wants to play his game. Like they did before. We cut over to the pool where the girl lifeguard is working. And, um, well, it seems like all the moms hate that. They're like, even her voice is annoying. They just can't wait for her to get off shift so that Billy can show up and get and finally start working. Uh, but Billy does show up. No one notices him right away except Mrs. Wheeler. She kind of sees him quietly slunk into work, and she's like, I'm going to go off to the bathroom. Uh, and she actually follows him um, right into the back where he is, I guess, going to be getting changed for work Uh, because she she wanted to talk to him for a minute and explain what happened
1: it's not you, it's just I have a family and I can't do anything that will hurt them you can understand that, right? but I shouldn't have said that (laughs) Billy Billy please
2: will you talk to me stay away from me Karen a couple things there I like that he called her Karen like because he's an adult now um I am surprised that he said stay away from me considering what we know uh, at the end of the show you think he'd want to get as many people as possible um but you know what he wasn't fully he wasn't fully there yet I'm guessing he wasn't fully kind of in where he ends up being uh, so maybe he's just pissed off at her and saying get the hell away from me um, when in the show in the episode where we see his thoughts where he turns takes Karen's head and bashes it up against the shelving I jumped I have to admit I was like oh my god and I thought this was going to be a major part in the storyline and Mrs. Willow was going to play a bigger part and all of this it didn't turn out to be that case but um I, you know, luckily it was all in his head. uh, And when he just says, stay away from me, Karen, he walks back out to the pool area and you can see he's messed up. He he keeps his shirt on. Every sound, every light, it just seems to be, everything is super sensitive to him. He finally makes it over to the lifeguard stand, just like, like barely. And just kind of just plops in there and sits in there. Back at the mall, we see Lucas's sister, Erica. Uh, She's with her friends at Scoop's. She's sampling a bunch of flavors and it seems like Robin had enough with her. Um, she's like, haven't you tried anything, everything here? She goes, yes, and I want to try them again. She calls for Steve to actually give her a little help doing the job that he's supposed to be doing, but he is uh, too busy, too busy uh, in the back of the ice cream store in the mall trying to crack an intercepted Russian secret communication. It's that sentence right there that makes me love Stranger Things so much. So they're listening, and this is the, the clip that I had that opened the, uh, this episode. Um, Steve recognizes the music playing in the background of the recording, and he's, Dustin's like, focus on the Russian. But that's a nice little clue of something that we see uh, later in the episode. Anyway, Robin comes in and says, it's your turn to start slinging ice cream, and she wants to help translating the Russian. She knows four languages, and she was in band. Her ears are little geniuses. And they're like, huh, what, did you tell her? I didn't tell her, did you tell her? Uh, And she's like, yeah, uh, you guys aren't really that quiet. So she basically just overheard everything and she wants in. Meanwhile, we cut over to Jonathan's car as he and Nancy pull up into the Driscoll residence. They wanna follow up on that phone call. That's the reason they left the paper in the first place. Uh, It's all about Nancy's, Nancy's hunch and guess what? Her hunch is right. Uh, This old lady answers the door, lets them in. She lives alone. Her husband passed about 10 years ago, but she's like, yeah, you know, I kind of like the quiet. Uh, Or at least she did before all this happened. And that's when she lets them down into the basement to show them fertilizer.
3: You see those little teeth marks, don't you?
1: And these bags, um, you're sure they were full before?
3: I'm old, honey, not senile. Bought them over at Blackburn Supplies just last Tuesday. Now you tell me, why would rats want to eat a poor old woman's fertilizer?
1: Are you sure they did? Maybe they just... not the bag? I mean, eating fertilizer seems... Crazy!
3: Believe me, I know, honey. But... <sighs> something's not right with these rats.
1: What does that mean, exactly? Not right?
3: Rabies, my guess. That's when I said to myself, Doris, you gotta call the paper. Because if those diseased rats are running loose, the people they ought to know, wouldn't you agree? Oh, yes, I forgot to mention. Come on over here. I caught one of the little bastards.
2: So I guess rats eating bags of fertilizer uh, is weird, uh, weird enough to call the paper. I don't know, but um, weird enough to get Nancy's attention. And it seems like there is uh, these rats are not just eating fertilizer, but they're they're downright crazy. Well, we know they explode, but this rat that they think maybe has rabies, uh, Mrs. Driscoll caught it and it's in a cage and it's just slamming around like crazy. So we cut over to Hawkins Town Hall where people are protesting outside and chanting, Klein's a swine, Klein's a swine. And they're holding signs that you say, support downtown, protect our businesses, mom and pop versus the mall. So all these people seem to be local business owners. that are protesting the mayor for allowing this mall to be built inside uh, in Hawkins. Inside the town hall, we see the back of some dude who uh, it looks like a big guy and he's carrying a motorcycle helmet. He walks right by Hopper, uh, and who seems to be noticing Mayor Klein. He seems like he walked out of a meeting with Mayor Klein. Uh, and Hopper's waiting to see Mayor, Mayor Klein. He kind of looks at this guy, the, the big guy. doesn't really take notice of him, but he, he, he registers with him. He looks at him, but doesn't think much about it. Um, and now it's time for him to go talk to Mayor Klein. And guess who Mayor Klein is, my friends? It's Carrie Elways. You may know him from such films as Saw. Uh, and Robin Hood men in tights. But ladies and gentlemen, let's not forget, he is best known for being the young, dashing Wesley in The Prince's Bride. And here he is playing a swindly, crooked, slimy mayor, Mayor Klein. The man that everyone is protesting out there. Uh, and the reason he has Jim there, well... Jim calls them his fan club, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, But it seems like he wants Jim to get them off his property.
3: My fan club, as you call them. Now, you know why they're out there, don't you?
2: They're not
0: actually fans?
3: (laughs) They lost their jobs to the mall, and blame me for helping make that happen. Now, you go ask anyone else in this town. They all love the mall. It's helped our economy grow, brought in new jobs, and just some incredible new stores. Which is why they all stopped shopping at their uh, mom and pops. Now, that's not me, Jim. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-uh. That's just uh, good old-fashioned American capitalism. Well, Larry, I think that they're just exercising their good old-fashioned American right to protest. I agree. Yeah. If... If they had a permit... Now, correct me if I'm wrong here, Jim, but, uh... I don't believe they secured a permit from your office. Did they? Not that I'm aware of. Then I do believe it's within my right to get rid of them.
0: Larry, I'm not a politics guy, but I think if you force those people out of here without provocation, I don't think that's a good look for your re-election campaign.
3: You know what's in four days, Jim? Independence Day? That's right. And I'm going to throw this town the biggest bash it's ever seen. Fireworks, music, activities, you name it. I'm going to pull out all the stops. You know why? Because at the end of the day, that's all the voters will remember. But I can't think, much less plan, with all that racket going on out there. So, if you don't mind, please, just do your job. Flash your little gold badge and get rid of them.
2: So this mayor, who's being protested for bringing the mall into Hawkins, wants Jim to get rid of them because of the little loophole that they don't have a permit. So it's in his legal right to, quote, unquote, do his job and get them off his property. And he even said, you know, Jim's like, I don't think this is really good for your voters. And he's like, in four days, I'm going to be throwing this giant Fourth of July party. And at that point, that's all the voters are going to care about. So he doesn't even give them credit for like remembering this. He's like, they're gonna love the party. They're gonna vote for me.
3: It's gonna be great.
2: Very slimy, you know, small town mayor um, who seems to be doing, you know, cares only about himself. Uh, And uh, I love it because it just has that kind of '80s movie villain. Not not a not a complete villain, but um, you know, he's kind of the middleman, or he's 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 someone you can root against. Anything that bad happens to him, you kind of don't mind. In fact, you enjoy it. We cut over to a bus that's pulling up to the Starcourt Mall, and who get out but Eleven and Max. Eleven's nervous because she's never been there. There are too many people, and uh, she says it's against the rule. But Max is like, you have superpowers. What's the worst that could happen? Max, you were there last year. You weren't there the year before, but you were there last year. You know the worst that can happen, and it usually happens. They go inside, and Eleven is in awe. She's like, you know, just looking in circles, and she's like, what What do we do? And Max is like, you've never been shopping? Um, you know, let's just look at everything. And she's like, she's going to give her the time of her life. And, of course, they stop by running into The Gap. Meanwhile, Mike, Lucas, and Will, they're also at the mall. We pan over, and they're walking through the mall, and... Um, Mike is trying to find the perfect gift to get to Eleven uh, to say he's sorry. We're kind of cutting back and forth. Inside the gap, Eleven sees a shirt, and she's like, wow. You know, she's, she seems like she's never seen something so bright and wonderful. Max is like, do you like it? And she's like, how do I know if I like it? you got to find something that's you, something that, that, you know, that speaks to you. Not for Hopper, not for Mike, but for you. And that seemed to really resonate with her. Um... We cut over from there to Melville. Melville's. I can never pronounce it right. Uh, they're in the downtown, and the downtown streets seem basically deserted. There's no customer showing up. And that's fine for Joyce because she's not even really working. She's reading up and researching electromagnetics. I mean, when Joyce pushes herself into something, she goes headfirst right in. Um, she kind of she has this idea. She realizes, I'm not going to uh, just. Work on electromagnetics. I can't figure this out myself. Who knows the most about this kind of stuff? And she shows up at Mr. Clark's house. She's ringing the doorbell, ringing the doorbell, but he's inside too busy to notice anything right away, uh, listening to My Bologna, Bologna by Weird Al and working on his little miniatures. Um, Joyce almost leaves, but then the garage opens and he's kind of sitting there triumphant with his short shorts and his pulled up socks. And his welding mask, or his, not his welding mask, his, his magnifying glass on. And he's like, Mrs. Byers? We cut over to the Driscoll house, and Jonathan is taking photos of the rat that's going crazy in the cage. And he's like, stand still so I can take a photo of you. And that's um, when you realize how things have changed. You know, now he would take a video of that send it off to his coworkers and be like, look, there's a crazy story going on here. We got to look at this now. But he's trying to take photos. Well, Nancy's upstairs. She's calling, seems like she's calling exterminators and fertilizer companies, asking about rats or rabid rats. Uh, she continues to make calls. Downstairs, the rats are just going crazy, crazy, crazy. And then it just kind of keels over and is struggling to breathe. And Jonathan's like, oh my God, uh, what's going on? And she, Nancy's like, come on, we have a lead. Jonathan's like, but um, something's wrong with that rat. She's like, yeah, no shit. Come on, we got to go. They both head off. They leave. And of course, the moment they leave, the lights flicker and the rat explodes into goo. Goo. And that goo actually starts to move. It starts sliding through through the cage, lands on the floor, and then it starts running and crawling across the room. What the hell? And from there, boom, we're back in the underground.
3: I said, what do you want? To build. I want you to build. To build what? what? What you see. I don't
1: understand. I don't
3: understand. What do you mean, I don't understand?
2: We wake up well, Billy wakes up and he's sitting there right at the pool. so we went um, from the goo, the, the, the pile of guts crawling across right into the underground, but it was a flashback or a dream that Billy was having um, where he we, we finished the conversation that he was having with his himself where the whatever it is in the upside down says, "I want you to build." He's like build what? Build what you see. I don't understand. You know, looking back now and seeing what happens, what um and how Billy is part of what happens, when they say build, uh it makes sense now. You know, you 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 know what he's building. Uh if you've watched all these episodes, you know what he's building. Uh and you know how he builds it. The what you see, I don't know. I don't know how that works exactly, um, but it was creepy. It was very cool. Uh, and he wakes up, and, you know, he's still at the, on duty at the pool, so hopefully nobody drowned. Uh, his arm seems to be all burnt, and he's just been sitting there so long. He's, he's really out of it. He's all sweaty and gross-looking. He heads to the showers, and the girl lifeguard is asking if he's okay. Uh, he's taken. He, he just kind of rushes right by them, taking a cold shower, and he sees on his arm, like what I thought was just a sunburn seems to be spreading this like blackness and then we see flashes of the mind flare <laughs> and then he just like he can't really take it he curls up in the shower and the uh, girl lifeguard shows up to see if he's okay but that's not what he sees
3: take me to him what
1: I said are you hurt what's going on I heard screaming should I call an ambulance
2: I really love the way this episode was kind of constructed. We see, we see things like at that moment when she's at the shower asking if you know he he needs an ambulance. You kind of see this quick moment of him like lunging. You don't know what it is, and boom, it cuts away. Um, and what's funny is that it cuts away into a classic eighties montage, like completely opposite of of um, the darkness that we just saw. We go into some light. But what I also like is that we are seeing things, like later on we see more of that scene. Uh, and right now we saw more of, or just a few minutes ago, we saw more of the upside-down scenes, kind of being told not in completely linear fashion, and I'm always appreciative of that, because it makes you makes you as the viewer put two and two together sometimes, makes you do some of the, uh, the work yourself, and that's what you're watching these shows for, to be entertained, uh, but slightly to be challenged and kind of figure things out. Uh, but it cuts over to this '80s montage, which is Material Girl, played by uh, by Madonna, as Eleven is trying on all these clothes. Uh, at the same time, this is happening, the boys are shopping for gifts and they're failing miserably. Meanwhile, the girls are having a blast. The boys are spraying perfume on each other and coughing, and you know their eyes are getting burned. And the girls are taking glamour shots and trying on high heels. Um, Eleven even uses her superpowers for pranks. Some of the girls, while they tried on high heels, were giving them dirty looks. So she blows up their orange Julius in their hands. All the girls are, and they they are freaking out, laughing, having so much fun. And uh, Max is just like, "There's more to life than stupid boys." The boys are just miserable, and all young Will wants to do is go back and play D and D. Back at Scoops, ahoy, Dustin and Robin are going over the Russian recording. Still, they figure out a word. And with that, Robin is able to figure out their first sentence.
1: We've got our first sentence. Oh, seriously? The week is long. Well, that's thrilling. I know, but progress.
2: Robin's already made more progress than Steve and, and uh, Dustin had all the, for all the time they were trying to figure it out. Uh, the Steve... You know, he's like, what the hell's the week as long mean?" They don't know yet. He turns to give ice cream to Max and Eleven, and he's like, are you guys even supposed to be here? Uh, and um, they just giggle and run off. They go outside the mall, and who do they run into but the boys? What are you doing here?
1: Shopping. This is her new style. What do you think? What's wrong with you? You know she's not allowed to be here. What is she, your little pet? Yeah. Am I your pet? What? No! And why do you treat me like garbage? What? You said Nana was sick. She is! She is! She
0: is she, sick! Yeah, she's, she's, sick. Sick. She's, sick. she's sick! She's super sick. That's why we're here, actually. Yeah, yeah, we're shopping. Not for us, but for her, for Nana. For Nana! Also, we're here to get a gift for you. We just we couldn't find anything that suited you, and I only have, like, $3.50, so it's hard. Super. Hard. It's it's expensive.
1: You lie. Why do you lie? I dump your ass.
2: you as cold as ice. Sorry, I just had to uh, sing that right there. Um, young love. I loved uh, um, Mike, first of all, freaking panicked that Eleven sees him, that he has to deal with her, but also panicked because she's not supposed to be out doing this stuff. Max doesn't care. Eleven doesn't care. Um, they continue the lie of the grandmother, and it's like, you know what? I dump your ass, which I thought was great. Mike looks heartbroken and young Will. All he does is want to go back and play D&D. He doesn't even care. He's like, nah, can we go back and play D&D? And I think Lucas is like, no. We cut back to Town Hall, and there's Hopper arresting one of the protesters, Um, which you feel bad for. The guy's like, go get a permit. Can you come back and protest? Uh, And that's when the secretary, the office manager, the receptionist, whatever you want to call her, I don't know, of the police department, shows up and with a bag from JCPenney. Jim obviously sent her out to go shopping to pick up this really fancy new shirt for his quote-unquote non-date at, the, uh, at Enzo's that he was meeting Joyce with. But he said talked about how this shirt is really sharp, really hip. Uh, he shows up at the restaurant with his new shirt and his sports coat, orders a drink and some wine, and he is ready for Joyce to show up for dinner at um any minute she's going to show up uh, she'll be there she'll, she'll she'll be there any minute she will she will be there but Joyce isn't there and she isn't coming she's still over at Mr. Clark's house in his workbench area whatever you want to call it uh and together They are making a solenoid, which is a, um, well, a solenoid is a, you know what, I'm just going to let him explain what it is. I know what it is, but I'm going to let him explain it for for all of you.
1: What is this again? This
2: is
0: a solenoid. It's a coil wrapped around a metallic core, and when electricity passes through it...
1: It creates an electromagnetic field.
0: mundo. Now for the fun part, shall we? I I don't see anything. Nope. You can't see it, but it's there, I assure you. Our very own Clark Byers electromagnetic field. Pretty neato, huh? Yeah. And this field affects any charged object in its vicinity.
1: Just like my magnets?
0: Just like your magnets. Okay,
1: why is nothing happening?
0: Well, no, Because our field is stable. If we reduce the current... How? The magnetic dipoles try to orient according to the field, but... No, no, no,
1: I mean, how is this happening at my house?
0: You want my honest opinion? One of your kiddos got up in the middle of the night, bumped into the fridge, and knocked the suckers loose.
1: And the magnets at Melvold's
0: Apophenia. what a Apophenia. Uh, you're seeing patterns that aren't there.
1: Coincidence. But what if it's not?
0: Well... Theoretically speaking, I suppose some large version of this AC transformer could exist. A machine of some kind. A machine? But in order to reach your house and downtown, gosh, that would take billions of volts of electricity and cost tens of millions of dollars.
1: But it is possible.
0: We cured polio in 53, landed on the moon in 69. As I tell my students, once you open up that curiosity door, anything is possible.
2: Yeah, I know that clip was long, but I really wanted to uh, include it here cuz I liked him explaining what the solenoid is. Uh did he what did I say solenoid or solenoid? I don't know. Um, I know what it is, obviously, but I'm like that he explained it to you. Uh, because it kind of plays a major part in explaining what is, could possibly be going on. You know, the magnets falling off the refrigerator aren't really that important. But what is causing the magnets to be falling off the refrigerator? That's kind of a giant big deal in this season of uh, Stranger Things. And this, you know, Joyce puts nothing, nothing past what could possibly be happening in Hawkins. Hawkins. So, if he's like, you know, this giant electromatic thing with billions of powers and how much money, you know, that it would take that. And she's like, okay, all right, you know, because she's seen insane stuff happening in Hawkins. So, it's definitely possible that something is happening again in Hawkins, caused, which is causing her magnets to be falling off her friggin' fridge. Now, we cut back over to the mall and, uh, Guess what? Thanks to Robin, they cracked that code.
1: The week is long. The The silver silver cat cat feeds when blue meets yellow in the West. West. I mean,
0: it just just can't be right. It's right. Honestly, I think it's great news. How is this great news? I mean, it's... (laughs) So much for being American heroes, it's total nonsense. It's not nonsense. It's too specific. It's obviously a code. What do you mean a code? Like a super-secret spy code. That's a total stretch.
1: Right? I don't know. Is it? You're buying into this? Listen, just for kicks, let's entertain the possibility that it is a secret Russian transmission. What do you think they were going to say? Fire the warhead at noon? Exactly. And my translation is correct. I know that for sure. So... The silver cat feeds. Why would anyone talk like that unless they were trying to mask the true meaning of their message? Exactly. And why would anyone want to mask the true meaning of their message unless the message was somehow sensitive? Exactly. So I guess that confirms your suspicion. Evil Russians. I can't believe I'm about to agree with this strange child, but yeah, totally. Evil Russians.
0: So how do we crack it?
1: Well, I guess we translate the rest and hopefully a pattern emerges. A pattern,
0: right? Like, may- maybe silver cat's a meeting place? Or a person. Or a weapon.
1: It's probably going to take a super genius to crack it, but where's Steve? Hey, Steve, what are you doing?
0: Uh, it's
1: a quarter. Do you you have a quarter? (laughs) You sure you're tall enough for that ride? Quarter! You need help getting up, little Stevie?
0: Sure. (laughs) Would you two just shut up and listen? shit the music
1: the music I don't understand
0: it's the exact same song on the recording
1: maybe they have horses like this in Russia Indiana Flyer I don't, I don't think so this code it didn't come from Russia
2: it came from here You know what? You guys love Stranger Things like I do, so who cares if these clips are long? Okay, that clip had... I didn't want to cut anything out of it. The week is long, the silver cat feeds when blue meets yellow in the West. They're like, what the hell does that mean? They come up with some ideas, you know? Could it be... It, it has to be something secretive. And that's when Steve stops and asks for a quarter to turn on that toy horsey. And... um it's because, remember earlier earlier he said he knew that music and Dustin's like, what do you care about the music? It's the same music from the recording. The code wasn't coming from Russia. It was coming from the mall. It reminds me of that old When a Stranger Calls. The call is coming from inside the house, um, which is a great moment because you realize the stuff that's going to be going down is going to be going down right here in Hawkins, probably right here in the star court so we cut back over to the restaurant and uh hopper's still there and what is he doing he's just drinking eating breast sticks breadsticks and um he's all alone he sees all these other people seeming you know feeding each other and kissing and he's just getting belligerent the waiter finally um you know says do you want to order your dinner and he's like you know what i'm gonna leave he throws his money down he, the the, the lawyer's like, you can't leave with the alcohol. He's like, I can do what I want. I'm the chief of police. He walks out and just kind of kind of lumbers his way out of the restaurant. Who does he bump into? He doesn't know this. The guy kind of turns and looks at him. It's that big, scary dude sitting at the bar with his motorcycle helmet, the same guy that was from the mayor's office. We now cut over to our final scene in the episode. Billy's driving his car back to the steelworks factory. He gets out, opens the trunk, and who's inside? But the, the girl lifeguard, tied up. We cut back to, again, like I was saying, that you know, not everything's linear. We cut back to uh, the shower scene, and they show him jump up, attack her, and he starts choking her. Now we're back at the factory, and he carries her in. She's passed out. Um, and he brings her down into the basement area And he lays her on the ground And as she's coming to She starts freaking out and struggling
3: Don't be afraid i will be our son Just stay very still.
2: You know he's saying this Like creepily standing over her he Takes the tape off her And Gets up And he turns and you can hear the, the creature in the background as he turns, he stands, he stares at it, doesn't even look back at the girl.
3: No.
2: And all you hear is that screaming as it fades to black and the closing credits start. A lot happened in that episode And uh, I'd like to just take a few moments To think about what we've learned What did we learn here Well for the kids um, We learned that Mike's not going to get away with uh, He's not going to get away with lying uh, Eleven Realizes that there might be more to life than just Mike um, So he dumps his ass She dumps his ass Uh, and she actually is enjoying hanging around with Max if you remember in season 2 she was jealous of Max because Max was hanging around near Mike um she pushed her off that skateboard using her super mind powers now they're hanging out together and she's using her powers to blow up Orange Julius's um so they've come a long way Jim is really happy actually that for uh you know a little too happy for kids breaking up but he's just happy because Eleven needs to be doing more like what she did today um He's so happy that he wanted to take Joyce out for dinner, but Joyce, you know, she gets hyper-focused on something and no one's going to deter her. And she was hyper-focused on these magnets. So she stood Jim up and uh, went, to, went to Mr. Clark's house where she learned that, you know, it's possible for something with a ton of electromagnetics to, uh, to screw with the uh, magnetic fields. So that could be something with amount immense, immense amount of power in Hawkins and uh you know you know where she's thinking you know what she's thinking of um Hopper's you know pissed he got he got stood up he didn't deserve that uh, oh and Mr. Clark uh his little work area he was working with miniatures there was a tiny little gravestone for beetlejuice. And I thought, oh, that was cool. That's a cool connection. You know, it's like 80s and, you know, the miniatures, Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah, and the fact that Winona Ryder was in Beetlejuice. I didn't make that connection at first. When I first read that, I was like, oh, that's cool. Wait a second, Winona Ryder. Um, So there's also this big looking scary dude who he is. Oh, wait wait a minute. He's the same Russian in the first episode that choked the Russian uh, doctor. And now he's in Hawkins and he's hanging out with the mayor and he's at a restaurant and he's looking at, uh, he's kind of checking out Jim Hopper. What's up with that? Um, and Billy. Billy, 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 Billy. Well, we'll, well wait first. Um, Nancy and Jonathan, they seem to be onto something. They don't know what it is, but there's something going on with rats and sick rats. They don't realize they're become rats of exploding goo, but um, something's up. And they are going to investigate this further because that's what Nancy loves to do. She is going to put her mind to it and she's going for it. Um, Now let's talk about Billy. You know, Billy was, for lack of a better word, an asshole in the first season. But um, he doesn't deserve what's happening to him. You know, it's, you feel bad because something got him and now something's using him. Um... And for whatever reason now, he's kidnapped this uh, lifeguard girl. And I don't know what's going to happen. But the whatever was in the Upside Down told him they want him to build. Build what? Well, I don't know. Build what you see. Whatever the hell that means. Uh, I think that's it. I think I've covered everything in this episode. A little shorter than last week, but um took me longer to get there. It's 11.30 p.m. on Friday right now. So if I get this up before midnight, that is that is exciting. Um, friends, I want to thank you so much for listening. I want to spend a, a, send a special thank to the Czech Republic. Because I found out that I was like the number 14 um, TV and film podcast in the Czech Republic. I don't know how to say thank you in Czechoslovakian, I think is the proper term. Um, so I'll just say, uh, thank you. You're obviously, you know, English, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and I guess in Tunisia, they had, it's, I found this chart, the chartable website that ranks all these iTunes and Spotify charts. And first of all, it seems like most of my listeners of, of this show are coming from Spotify, which is awesome. Thank you so much, Spotify listeners. Uh, and lastly, um, I got a message sent to me from a creepy cassie uh and i have she she favorited my podcast on anchor i went back and favorited hers as well she sent me a a a message um and i appreciate the the message and reaching out check her out uh the name of her podcast is amazing gaming uh you can find it on anchor and i'm sure i'm sure you can find it everywhere so i just wanted to, to uh to reach out uh and say thank you and thank you to everybody for listening um I waited till the last minute, but um, it's worth it because I love this show. I took six pages of notes. Uh, this is definitely the most work I put into a podcast, but you know what? It's the most rewarding, so I'm glad I do it. I'm, I'm ecstatic that people are actually listening to this. This is so much fun, um, and yeah, I think I think that covers it. Next week, episode three. Season 3, or is it just Stranger Things 3? I don't want to say the wrong thing. Uh, but thank you guys for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for downloading. And, um, I, you know, until next week, you know, I used to say, Beware the Demogorgon or beware the Mind Flayer. Right now it's like, watch out for Billy, because he's building something, and it's
3: scary.